I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. 150 teams have tried in NBA history to climb out of a 3-0 deficit in a best of seven series. 150 teams have failed. The Boston Celtics, one small step closer to being the 151st team and the only one to have maybe ever done it successfully. How worried should I be as a Heat fan? Joe Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Joe, I felt good about that game. I felt confident particularly in the third early on when the Heat were up nine and it felt like, okay, this third quarter means that. And then within a three-minute span, everything changes. The Heat were outscored 48-22 to in a 14-minute stretch. It turned around the game, and it might have for the Boston Celtics turned around the season. I think the most important thing we should start with here is something Andre Snellings said earlier when he joined us on this show. We got to stop talking about coming back from down 3-0. They're not down 3-0 anymore. They're down 3-1. And teams have come back from down 3-1 before. So this has certainly become more plausible. I can also say that I know some pro gamblers out here who are of the belief that Boston is going to come back to win this series or at least think there's value in betting the Celtics. After all, this was a Miami team that not that long ago needed the play-in just in order to get to the playoffs. Now, they have looked fantastic since, but at some point it could turn midnight for them, and that glass slipper turns back into a, I don't know the rest of the story. Pumpkin, right? You turn back into a pumpkin or something? I don't know. Or is it the carriage that turns back into the pumpkin? I don't know. Cinderella. I, I I don't need anybody to bring me a glass slipper. Listen, ladies, there's a better story out there okay. than waiting for some man to bring you a glass slipper. Get your own darn slipper. Gonna, Create your own magic. We're going we're gonna to drop the ball on that one. I figured one of us would know that story, at least. Uh, princesses know, and Disney all that. Story. Not, yeah, not, yeah, that's a good point. You know what? Let's, let's go ahead and reverse the whole thing right. and bow down to uh, the almighty Disney. It's not so much a male-female thing w- as it is a, we both work for Disney. We should probably know how that one plays James, out. James, you want to help out? James, you have your daughter is here at work today they seem like the prime age to know anything about cinderella i feel well you know cinderella's a little old i think they're into the more modern stuff but it is basically all you want to say is that you you turn into a pumpkin right i think that is the the whole the old adage to tell us what amber just said two minutes ago that's but that's what she said you know what come on the mic confused um come on the mic to tell me i'm right anytime you want james don't listen to joe it's Did the I do this billboard? Joe and Amber. This is, See, that's this is I, troubling, guys. Come on. This is what, that is what I said, Nick. I was like, but I think it's the carriage that turned into the pumpkin. What turned into the glass slipper? It was just a regular shoe. It was a that slipper that glass. she lost on her way out that Prince Charming used to be able to find her. And I don't know why I know this, but I do. <laughs> How do you know this? I don't know. I've lived on this planet. I work for Disney. It's... What's the weirdo stuff you watched that we were talking about the other day, though? What the is notebook? It that he... Yeah, that's it. That, no, that's not, not weird. weird. The notebook in Cinderella. Yeah, I'm the weirdo. It's that he Joe and Amber. 
Go ahead. Is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit progressivecommercial.com. Figure I go ahead and get the business out of the way while you guys are arguing about Cinderella and the notebook. What we need to be arguing about is how much trouble my Miami Heat are in. Jimmy Butler, he is the superstar on the Miami Heat. He ain't worried. Here is Jimmy Butler. No. If anything, it'll build momentum for us, knowing that we have to play with a lot more energy. And, um, you know, we got to play like our backs are against the wall. Um, but I, I think all year long we've been better and have had to do things the hard way. So Jimmy Butler is not worried that the Celtics are going to gain momentum. I heard, I think it was Max Kellerman also alluding to the same thing that you and Andre Snellings just embraced this idea that, well, we've seen teams come back from 3-1. But, there, but those teams weren't. 3-0 at any point. Like, they weren't down 3-0, right? Like, we've never seen the team that was down 3-0. Because if we had seen the team down 3-0, of course, that team would then be 3-1 at a certain point, and then 3-2, and then 3-3. But so many of those teams down 3-0 go work. on to get swept. They go on to get swept. So once you clear the hurdle of winning the first one, everything changes from an odds perspective. It's like when you watch a guy throw three interceptions, and you're like, what are the odds he throws a fourth interception? People don't throw four interceptions in a game. It's so rare. No, you're not betting after the third interception that he's going to throw four. You're just betting that he's going to throw his fourth, which means one more. So given the amount of time in the game, those are the odds you're looking to break down. It's, 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 it's just the way you view things statistically. We're not going to go into a deep hole on this. No one's going to be interested in a nerd alert math lesson at this point in the day. People want to have a beer. They want to unwind. They want to talk sports. That's what we are here for. Miami, it's going to come down to whether or not they can just have one more hot shooting night. They have had nothing but hot shooting nights throughout the entire postseason. Go ask the Milwaukee Bucks. When they went cold against the Knicks, it didn't matter because the Knicks stunk. And when they went cold against Boston, they got beat. But it only happened once in four games, and they won the other three. So over the next three games, it comes down to whether or not they can have one more respectable shooting night at the same time Boston doesn't shoot the lights out like they did last night. And if that happens, Miami moves on. I find it hard to believe that this Celtics team is going to string together four in a row, or if we're going to call it from right now, moving forward, three in a row, given all the mental lapses we have seen this postseason. Game five against the Hawks. They couldn't close them out at home. Game one against the Joel Embiid-less 76ers. Couldn't beat them. Game six against the Sixers, they were terrible. It just so happened the Sixers were so bad in the final six minutes of that game, they gift-wrapped it to them and let them go on to win the game. And then the first three games of this series, the Celtics have been awful. So I don't think Joe Mazzulla and this squad is going to be able to string it together three more times in a row against a very good Heat team. If the Heat had been able to shoot for a half in that game, it would have been a different story. I mean, they were they were up nine at the beginning of the third, right? And then... They just could not get it done. And and frankly, they turned into largely what the Boston Celtics had been in the first three games, where they turned into a team that was very sloppy as well with the basketball. Turnovers killed the Heat last night. And that had been the story of this series from the Celtics' perspective up to this point. The way that the Miami Heat play basketball is we're not on paper the better team, right? We don't, in terms of talent, have the most talent on the court at any given time. 
But the way that they play is we're going to protect the basketball. We're not going to make the mistakes. We're going to let you make the mistakes. So you might have more talent than us, but you're also going to have more mistakes than us. And when you make those mistakes, we're going to capitalize on those mistakes. And that had caught up to the Celtics the first three games of this series. Last night, you saw the Heat make mistakes. And that's not typical for this Miami Heat team. So they need one more game. One more game where they play mistake-free basketball and let the Celtics be the ones that are sloppy with the basketball. We'll see if they can get it done. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, would a title mean more for Jimmy Butler or a two-time MVP? We will get into that. We're going to, as we like to call it here, argue to the death. Although that seems hyper dramatic, but we're going <laughs> to argue. In a little segment we like to call Jury Duty. That's next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. The Panthers just scored up a goal less than one minute into that game. So things going a little bit better for that other team in an Eastern Conference Finals tonight from South Florida than it went for the Miami Heat last night. Let's go ahead and argue. I feel like getting into an argument with Joe Fortenbaugh. Let's do it. All right. It's time to state your case. Welcome to Jury Duty. This is Jury Duty with Joe and Amber. Is the judge here, though? I feel like the judge, is he in chambers? Because I, I'm, I'm realizing. Feels like the I'm, inmates are running the asylum here. Yeah, yeah I'm looking I'm the at the only, control uh, room. The and it's the honor, Honorable Nick Hardy tonight, not the Honorable James Steele. Nick, how do you feel about that? Have you ever been an honorable? Not a day in my life, but I mean, I'll, I can try. <laughs> you know okay. what? I, I, I appreciate the willingness for you to step into this role on Joe and Amber and to see how you can handle it. How do, what's your confidence level right now? Oh, I'm going to nail it, but 
You're gonna nail. Okay, I like that as well. So you know how this works, and you know you're gonna have to have a ruling at the end. I'm aware. Yes, I've worked okay. the show. Then okay, we so will, uh, we'll let me go ahead you. and do your dirty work for you here. Jury duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. So n- the Honorable Nick Cardi, all you have to do now is set us up for the topic. Do you know the topic, Nick Cardi? I do. And I will turn to uh, Counselor Wilson first. Would a title mean more for Jimmy Butler or Nicole Jokic? Oh, well, uh, thank you. May it please the court. I... Uh, and thrilled to get the opportunity to go first. That's not uh, is some, a luxury that is ever bestowed on me by the Honorable James Steele. So uh, I, I prefer the Honorable Nick Hardy already. But we'll a lot see of how word salad goes. so far. I hope she's on the clock. This a title would mean more for, of course, Jimmy Butler. It's not even close. And the reason that it would mean more for Jimmy Butler is that we're talking about a player. That coming into this season, most people would have probably something like 20th in the league when I looked up a bunch of you know top 50 lists as we headed on to this season on various sites. We're talking about a player in Jimmy Butler who has been on four different teams, who has been given up on by three different teams in his career in the Chicago Bulls and the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Philadelphia 76ers. We're talking about a player who has been disrespected and overlooked time and time again, who has been taken for granted in ways that seem inconceivable now when we consider what he's doing in the postseason and, frankly, the last four postseasons here for the Miami Heat. The 76ers chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. And so now, if Jimmy Butler on this Miami Heat team, which arguably not his best that he's even played on in terms of his Miami Heat career, if this Miami Heat team, he cannot just get them to an NBA Finals, which he did in 2020 with the Miami Heat, but he can actually get them a ring, it will catapult him into the conversation of some of the greatest postseason players to ever play the game. And yes, Jimmy Butler is maybe not in that conversation during the regular season because he so chooses, it appears, he so chooses not to be. But Jimmy Butler is a player in the postseason that is just takes his game to remarkable levels and is doing it all by himself. And that's what people will say. Now, yes, he's got Bam out of Bayou, who's obviously a great player, and he's got a great supporting cast, but he doesn't have another bonafide superstar. And... There's no AD and and LeBron, right? There's none of that. And with Jimmy, the fingers will be pointed at him. It will be the the guy who had to go to Juco to get into Marquette, the kid from Tomball, Texas that nobody ever believed in, the dude who's been passed on by three different teams who nobody ever saw this level of NBA career coming. He will have the ring. The ring will be squarely on his own shoulders. The respect factor will go through the roof. None of that stuff applies to Nikola Jovic. Everyone has been on Jovic. I can't even talk right now because I'm so under the weather. Jokic. Feel free to stop then. Jovic is on the Miami Heat. Jokic. Everyone's, everybody considers him one of the greatest big men ever already to play the game without a ring. All of the MVPs. Denver's certainly never given up on him. It's a very different career than Jimmy Butler. It doesn't even need a ring right now. All right, so we're talking legacy. Interesting point to bring up what Amber says. Butler in this, like, underdog role. Like, people didn't give him credit, right? They weren't, they weren't giving him enough. He's a first-round pick. And he's American, so he was underneath all these scouts' eyes forever. Jokic is a second-round pick, and he's from out of the country. 
So when we're talking about guys who are rising up and didn't really have expectations and are trying to prove everybody wrong, Butler was elevated way above Jokic before either guy, either, either guy got to the NBA. All right, Butler needed multiple teams to finally find a spot where he could make a run. Jokic was drafted by one and grew up with that team. What we're talking about here is legacy. Who does this mean more for? Amber said, well, yeah, Butler's not really a regular season guy. He's a playoff guy. I agree with that. That's why we call him playoff Jimmy. We already know his legacy. Whether or not he beats the Celtics, whether or not he wins the title, he's still going to be playoff Jimmy. His legacy's already set. He's an awesome postseason player. He's one of the most entertaining players in the NBA. Everybody likes the guy. Everybody wants a dog like that on their team. There's nothing that's going to change his legacy with a title. With Jokic, we're talking about something completely different. We're talking about greatness and his place in history. Not his place in the regular season, not his place in the playoffs, his place in history. He is a two-time MVP, and the year he got snubbed this season, he's showing everyone they got it wrong. He puts the ring on top of all of this. There's never a doubt about his place in history because he is a guy who is capable of winning a championship. He went through LeBron James. He went through Kevin Durant. Who else do you want to see him go through in order to build that legacy up? Three times he's been on first-team All-NBA. Butler's never been there. Multiple times, second-team All-NBA. Butler's been there once. Butler's legacy is set. We like him. He's a postseason player. Playoff Jimmy is already set as a legacy, whether he wins or not. But Jokic goes into the category of superstardom if he can add a title to this, because if he can't, every year he puts up these glamorous numbers in the regular season, people are going to dog him and say he can't win the big one. No one says that about Butler right now because no one cares to say it. Everyone knows he's a big-time playoff guy. If he comes up short, he doesn't get ducked. So it's Jokic. Jokic is the guy who, who, who comes away in a better situation having won a ring. All right. Well, this was a position I was not ready for, but I, I think I've made my decision after some uh, deliberation. I'm going to pick Amber because I think your argument, Joe, of Jimmy's legacy is set is not really holding water because I think if he wins a title, he's never been given any accolades. Jokic has the two MVPs. Jimmy doesn't have anything. This would be the crown jewel and the very exclamation point on his career that he was able to finally win something. Where well, he I doesn't get the Joe- accolades because he didn't earn the accolades. They don't give Jokic MVPs for fun. He went out and earned them. Right, but where I think that your argument fails, and obviously you have a good one because ultimately, yes, a ring will matter ultimately to the legacy, frankly, of both players, but it will matter to the legacy of a player like Jokic, who again is in the conversation for greatest big man ever. And whenever you're having those sorts of conversations, then rings do end up mattering. But I think where the argument falters, at least in 2023, is when you said that nobody's talking about Jimmy in those regards in terms of like history or legacy. And a ring would do that. Like a ring catapults catapults Jimmy into those conversations. Jokic is already in those conversations without one. That's my point. Like people are already having the conversation about him being one of the greatest big men ever. Nobody was talking about Jimmy Butler like that. And frankly, nobody may talk about him in that regard until he wins a ring. And if he wins a ring, it will be that dude's one of the best postseason players of all time. But we already say that. I don't think we, we already do. say that. But he doesn't have anything to back that. it up. He yeah, doesn't have a I, ring. He doesn't have the hardware to back that statement yeah, up. No, yeah, then why no does MVP. everyone call there's him no Playoff Jimmy? He already has the nickname. 
He just has a nickname. This will make what? him legitimate. He's 20 on all these darn lists Segment as we head into this season. Segment that dude's a tough over. five player in the league when he wants to this. be. A ring will get people to recognize that. Joe and Amber, the podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply switch gears for a moment we have been doing basically nothing but nba now for what feels like weeks i ain't complaining joe i love myself some postseason nba but we gotta miss football a little bit right do you miss football i have just started going through my preview magazines for college football i have just started letting the information seep through my pores to get me ready i've been looking at win totals we have a very famous day coming up here in Las Vegas where point spreads are going to be released for what's called games of the year. The games of the year spreads are coming out. Now, it's not like it's just 10 popular games. They find you a bunch of rivalry games. They basically find 100 or so games, but they post point spreads on them, and you can start betting those games now. So, like, excuse me, Notre Dame, USC at the end of the year, there will be a point spread. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, point spread. LSU, Alabama, point spread. You can start firing into this stuff now. It's fantastic. Well, nothing says college football like the month of May, which the transfer portal is definitely complicated a little bit, but nothing says college football like the, like the month of May, right? So since you're in the college football spirit, let's take you further there because there was an article on ESPN Plus that I thought was so interesting and honestly infuriating as well. Bill Connolly wrote an article ranking college football's top 75 quarterbacks of the 2000s. So any quarterback in college football playing ball between 2000 and 2023, right? Lots of guys on this list. Some old timers, you know, like Matt Ryan's on this list. Ben Roethlisberger is on this list. So we go back to that generation of players as well. Oh my God, Roethlisberger. And some new timers on this list. Makes you feel old. You get the Bryce Youngs and the CJ Strouds, of course, on this list as well. So there's a lot of college football quarterbacks that are covered on this top 75. Who would you imagine is number one, the best college football quarterback to have ever played the game, according to Bill Connolly? Okay, so in the year in the 2000s, was Michael Vick in the 2000s? I remember he was right around the end. Is he in the 2000s? I'm going to look that up um, I'm, I because it was he's, right he's on the one. verge. I Michael don't Vick, think he college is. football I don't so. stats. I don't believe he's this is how you do this radio. List. You just talk out loud. The Let one person you threw out there that I was not prepared okay. for. So Vick, Vick played in 99 and he played in 2000. In 2000, I'm, okay. He's not on this list. He's Never not considered on this list. Okay, so he's off. So it's 2000s. I would say in that I have not seen this list. 
you're just telling me about this. Yeah, apparently I would he, say he, Vince he Young. references Michael Vick as being on his last list, I guess, for the last quarter century. Okay, so that's I don't, fine. That, that's, Vince Young, yeah. University, Texas, number one quarterback of the 2000s, final answer. So I would have thought that that would have been a possibility. I certainly would have gone Tim Tebow because I don't think that there's any greater college quarterback to have ever lived than Tim Tebow. But I am a, Where did I you go also, to undergrad? I'm also a Gator. So Jeez, Gator through and through. Like, so there's God, a little bias there. But also I'm right. However, if you were going to challenge Tim Tebow, Vince Young is where my mind probably would have gone next. Vince Young is number three on this Vince list. Young is number three? Three. Tim Tebow is number four. On this list, I mean, this is best quarterbacks of the 2000s in college football. Best quarterbacks of the 2000s. Okay, so Young is three, Tebow's four. Who are the top? Top two. You still haven't guessed the top two, either of them. One or two. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was awesome. He won a title. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was awesome. Trevor Lawrence isn't even top 10 on this list. He is number 11. On this list, Trevor. The guy Lawrence. was the number one overall pick halfway through his first season. Number eleven. One of our colleagues, Robert Griffin the third, number ten on this list, just yeah, above was, Trevor Lawrence. He was a great quarterback. Bill, I feel like I would Bill Connolly got into the electric Kool Aid when he was doing this. This I'll, list. I'll go was through he in a few the, more. Is this the electric Kool Aid acid test right here? I'll go through a few more that I would have expected. To maybe be at number one. If you were going to tell me it wouldn't have been Vince Young, wouldn't have been Tim Tebow, I think I might have said, oh, go ahead, throw one out. Uh, I don't want to step on your toes because you can throw, uh, I was going to say, is Cam Newton number one? Cam Newton is a good guess because I would have also had him on my list. He is number two on this list. Cam Newton, number two. Like family feud, I'm dancing around it here, but I just can't get number one. Survey says. All right, you, I'm not. I'm done guessing. I, so I here's my problem. Could have with this sworn list. I would have had that. I don't think you're ever going to get number one. I would have also guessed Joe Burrow if you had given me an opportunity. Burrow I think. was awesome. Joe Burrow's five on this list. Okay, five on this list. Number one on this list. He planted a flag in college. That's what I remember him for best. Baker Mayfield, the quarterback uh-huh. of Oklahoma from 2013 to 2017 is the number one quarterback of the he, entire 2000s. What's the ra- what is the rationale? I don't want to knock... First of all, I want to make something very clear. I am a, a very big fan of Bill Connolly's work. I think he does fantastic work. This is not going to turn into a bashing Bill Connolly segment. I, I love that he did this list. 75, his top 75 quarterbacks of the 2000s. Oh, what I is love his the rationale? content. Thank you, Bill Connolly. Please, yeah. I will take what all is, of these every day. So why did he put Mayfield... Why is Mayfield one? He starts out. He started at Texas Tech with a walk on, you know, walking on to Texas Tech when he was starting job. He talks about him throwing for other 400 yards in his debut there at Texas Tech. Then he loses his job to injury. He get he ends up at Oklahoma. Then the Sooners, who hadn't won an outright conference title since 2010, he leads them to three in a row. He kind of goes through like the whole story of Baker Mayfield. So I feel like he's giving some credence to Baker Mayfield here because of Baker Mayfield's struggles and his ability to prove the doubters wrong time and time again and overcome the adversity. That seems to be what I can gather the most from why he's number one on this list. Otherwise, it don't make no sense to me. No, I, got I, I it. just. Baker you skip Mayfield. you skip the first line. The first line's the line that tells you. I just brought it up. Newton, Young, and Burrow had the best seasons. Mayfield, Mayfield had the had best, best career. career. So he's giving the career 
precedence over the seasons, which means Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be outside the top 10 because Lawrence was there for three years and won a national title. All Mm -hmm. right. So here's the thing with Mayfield, and I can understand where Bill's coming from, but here's the thing with Mayfield. Mayfield, if you're going to view this from a statistical standpoint, you got to put some asterisks on this because I know Mayfield has some big numbers. He played in the Big 12. The Big 12 is defense optional, Mm -hmm. at least during this time when Mayfield was there. Defense optional, team scoring 80 points in these matchups on a weekly basis. So everybody in the Big 12 is going to throw up huge statistics. When we look at his postseason career, when he had to step outside the Big 12, he was in the college football playoff, I want to say, twice, but he didn't win a playoff game. Mayfield never even won a playoff game, so he was never in a national championship game. Meanwhile, Vince Young took down the Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Lendale White USC team in one of, if not the greatest college football games of all time. I had an incredible hangover watching that game. I was we coming off remember. a five-day Vegas bender. I was drooling on the couch watching that game. That story is neither here nor there. That was incredible. The year before, I was at the Rose Bowl when he was playing Michigan, and he tore them up in the best sporting event I've ever watched live. So He was incredible. What For Vince me- Young did, and he won a title— Tim Tebow won a title. Cam Newton won a title. The fact that Mayfield never played for a title shows you how weak the Big 12 is. I can't believe he's number one. Tim Tebow won multiple titles. And not only did he win multiple titles, he also won a Heisman. And Tim Tebow absolutely, in in my opinion, is number one in the quarterbacks of the 2000s. He's number one of all time. But Vince Young, I think you have a strong argument for. Cam Newton was an incredible quarterback for a season. A season. He was unstoppable during that season. It was unstoppable. He wins the national title. I understand all that. It was a season, right? He wins the Heisman as well. It was a season. And so, for me, if we're talking career, then even Cam Newton shouldn't be too. Well, I see. I don't like the idea that we're we're talking career here. Like, I get that when we talk Jordan versus LeBron, but to do it with college quarterbacks and say, well, the career is what matters, then why is Trevor Lawrence so far down the list? Lawrence had a very robust career. So if the career matters more than anything, which is what gets Baker Mayfield number one, why would Lawrence be outside the top ten and Cam Newton gets to go two? It's interesting if you look at the rest of this list as well. Deshaun Watson sixth on this list. So again, Joe Burrow, by the way, fifth on this list. I feel like Burrow should be higher than that. But Deshaun Watson, oh, sixth man, that on this Burrow list. Oh, that year Burrow had was just, oh, just one of the so all-time great. greats. I mean, easily one of the all-time greats. Uh, sixth on this list, Deshaun Watson. Uh, he was absolutely electric in college. Kyler Murray, seventh on this list. Lamar Jackson. I mean, you remember Lamar Jackson at Louisville Lamar was really good at Louisville. I mean, so really good. good. He's eighth on this list. Marcus Mariota, ninth. I yeah. mentioned Robert Mariota Griffin, lost third, to Newton in that national tenth. championship game. Trevor Lawrence makes an appearance at 11. You have an issue with that. Colt McCoy, 12. Johnny Manziel, I wonder where he was going to fall. He's yes. 13 on this Jonathan list. Jonathan Football. Jameis Winston. I feel like that's disrespect at 13. Yeah, I think he should be higher, frankly, than 13. Jameis Winston, 16th on this list. I, I mean, who else are you surprised Here's at on a good this list? One. You get you get the new ones. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud coming at 19 and 20 on this list. Here's a good one. If Mayfield's number one because we're talking about career and how much career matters, you can't rank Kellen Moore 14th then because Kellen Moore threw for 14,000 yards. He completed 70% of his passes. In his career at Boise State, he was 50 and 3. Mm-hmm. 
50 and 3. So if the career, the longevity, the duration matters, if that's the big big criteria here, you cannot rank Kellen Moore 14th. He beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl in one of the other greatest college football games of all time. And he did it with Boise State, a bunch of dudes who don't even get re- recruited by schools like Oklahoma. So if Kellen Moore and his career is going to be ranked 14th, I don't know how you justify putting Vince Young or Cam Newton behind Baker Mayfield. And I don't want to knock Mayfield, but it's like when it mattered, you didn't do anything. You beat up on a soft conference that plays no defense. Quarterbacks have every quarterback at Oklahoma was winning Heisman trophies. The second he left, the next guy up won a Heisman trophy in Kyler Murray. The next guy was what? Jalen Hurts. He put up huge numbers. If we're doing career, how do you have the guy who has multiple national titles, multiple in Team T- Tim Tebow at four yeah, then? And all these guys happen. who don't have any or only have one ahead of him. He's got multiple and again. A if, we rank, if we rank uh, a list of the most popular or most polarizing college football players of all time, that can be Tebow. Te- there's too much with Tebow. There's too. There's not, there's not enough with Tebow. There's no. There's too much. It's, it's, it's never there's enough. the football, and then there's there's too much. There is Tebow cannot be enough. number one. Also, he deserves to be the greatest because it appears that Tim Tebow was maybe covering up some other things that weren't so great about uh, my Florida Gators at the time. Oh, yeah. That's a hell of a team, Florida Gator, right? A hell of a team. He deserves even more. In hindsight, Tim Tebow deserves even more credit <laughs> and more accolades than he received when he was there. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we open up the phone lines to you. Do you agree with Baker Mayfield being number one on this list? Do you agree with me about Tim Tebow? Anything you want to talk about? Anything we've discussed here on Joe and Amber. Also, anything you missed, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Phone lines are open. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We take your phone calls next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are about to get to your phone calls. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-888. 729-3776. The Panthers are up 2-1 right now on the Hurricanes with about a minute left in the first period. We'll see if the Panthers can make South Florida fans feel a little bit better than the Heat were able to last night, dropping game four to the Boston Celtics. Let's play some color roulette. 13 black odds, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. I'm going to let you guys talk for me for a moment. Since my voice is struggle sitting tonight being sick. Mm-hmm. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm like, just make it through the show. Just make it through the show voice. We're almost You're doing there. well. You're getting there. You're doing let's, well. Let's spin the wheel. James. James is in Illinois. Hey, James. Thanks for the call. What do you have for us tonight? Okay, well, actually, you got the answer. I'm picking up Dairy Queen for the wife and kids right now. Um, so, anyway, this list, it just I hopped in the truck and uh, heard this list come on. So, I'm with you, Amber. 
Well, actually, both of you, uh, Vince Young and Tim Tebow, had to be one and two on this list. I can't get why they're not, but um, I didn't even think about Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like Vince Young, Tim Tebow, when you just think about the quarterbacks of the 2000s, just those iconic quarterbacks, that moment from Vince Young where he's it's just standing up there and it's like just one of the most iconic moments in college football history, I would say, Joe. Jameis Winston, another quarterback, came with some controversy there, but also heck of a time at Florida State. So many great quarterbacks on this list. Going back through, it's kind of awesome because you remember all the highlights and the moments they gave you. I, For me, there's there, there's no one. When we're talking about the 2000s, it's Vince Young. Vince Young's at the top of the list. The way he came on the year before the national championship, beating Michigan in the Rose Bowl, he had an amazing game. And then what he did the following season where he leads Texas to the Big 12 championship. He goes to New York for the Heisman ceremony. He's got to sit next to Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart. He loses out, and he's just watching them. And you know he's thinking, I got a chance to get you. I got a chance to get you for the national championship, and he did. He led him back. He made all the key plays to win that game against Big Bad USC and Pete Carroll. I just, it's hard for me for my money to rank any quarterback above Vince Young when we're talking best college quarterbacks of the 2000s. About 3,000 less passing yards, roughly, than Tim Tebow. <sighs> uh, much lower a completion percentage. Tebow. About half the amount of touchdowns, actually, exactly half the amount of touchdowns that Tim Tebow had in college. I, I mean, I'm just saying a, a whole lot more, double the interceptions that Tim Tebow had as well. So I'm just saying, uh, as great as Vince Young was, he wasn't no Tim Tebow. Let's spin that wheel. Brian, Brian is in South Carolina. Hey, Brian, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you guys rock. Uh, I'm, I agree with the last caller. Uh, unfortunately, Tim Tebow should be number one. Vince Young should be number two. Burrow should be number three. And you can put whoever you want after them because those three should be in that order as far as my, my opinion would go. I think I might have on my list if I was doing it, I think I would maybe even go Tim Burrow, then Vince Young. Joe Burrow being fifth on this list was really surprising to me. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if people were arguing for Joe Burrow to be number one on this list, given, yes, he had a season that was so incredible. But man, it was a hell of a season, Joe. I think part of what, and I I don't want to make the case against Joe Burrow because he was just sensational. That year at LSU. I mean, he won Ed Orgeron a national championship. Think about that for a second. Ed Orgeron is a national championship winning head coach who was fired two years later. He brought the great state of Louisiana, the thing that matters most to them. And less than two years later, he was out of a job. That's what Joe Burrow did. I think what probably ducks him a little bit in these rankings, and I'm not saying it's fair, he was surrounded by incredible first-round talent. Like, Jamar Chase was one of his wide receivers, right? And it's one of his wide receivers in Cincinnati now, but he had so much around him, I could understand why that might hurt his cause. Not saying it's fair, but that's probably part of the argument. Let's spin it. Terrence. Terrence is in Georgia. Terrence, thanks for the call again tonight. What do you have for us? Guys, first of all, I hate it when you're not on down here in Georgia. It just kills me. Oh, that's so sweet. Number two, uh, I think the legacy thing you guys are talking about in jury duty, 
uh, it would solidify with Jokic is more so than uh, Jimmy Butler because Jokic has two MVPs, no uh, championship ring, and Jimmy, you know, he, he's minus all the hardware. Thanks, guys. What was he? What was the case he was making? He so was he's saying- make, he's making the coach. He's making the case of who it's going to help more with Jokic and Butler. And I will tell you, I've also been getting DMs from people about this subject. Most people are on Team Joe with believing that it's more important for Jokic to win a title because of Jokic's stature in the conversation. It's okay if most of you want to be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> it's gonna. He is going to get crushed if he doesn't have a title. They've already done it to him. People already went out of their way to make sure he couldn't get that MVP award because they didn't want him in the same category as the guys who have won three in a row. Like that's the thing. So they gave He's it to the other guy bad. who doesn't have a title. What's that? Oh yeah. They gave well, it to the, I mean, so they gave B, it to the other guy on. who doesn't that, have a title. Yeah. Congratulations to to the, what an empty MVP award that was. Not really? only did you go nowhere in the playoffs, but the guy you beat out is probably going to go win the title while having an incredible postseason run. Bravo, Philadelphia. Bravo, it really does. It really does look silly in hindsight. It's a regular it's season terrible. award. It shouldn't, but it does feel like it takes something away from it. Nothing is taken away from Freddie and Fitzsimmons ever. Those guys, they're coming up next. This is ESPN Radio. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.